go again. Here we go again. Dump it down, but down, but down. Intro bot- brought to you by Tricky Dicky and the Plumbers. <laughs> Ew. That's his band, I've decided. Get out of my bathroom. <laughs> Shoo. Gross. It's like when you see a spider. Yeah. You're like, well, time to drown it. <laughs> well, time to die. <laughs> time to open the water gate. <laughs> Hello, hysterical history. <laughs> I'm Haley. I'm Alexis. And this is hysterical history. <laughs> And that was in the wrong order. It's going to be stressful for some of you. <laughs> some of you are already freaking out and canceling like, your subscriptions. This is the wrong podcast, We're clearly. Sorry. We're sorry. Yeah. So last time for our last Halloween month episode, we talked about Nixon. Nixon. We talked about Richard Milhouse Nixon. No, I just don't understand the name Milhouse. You don't have to understand. I just hate it. It's like you don't have to understand evil. Yeah, it's true. You just have to know that it exists. You just have to live with it. How to combat it and what to do when you see it. It's true. So last time we ended on some anecdotes and Nixon's plan how to completely change the world and end the entire Cold War. So no big. Casual. So his plan is to open the door to China, make the Soviet Union freak out. Make them bend the knee to concessions, Mm -hmm. get both of them to de-escalate and stop trading arms with Vietnam and the Vietnam War. Everyone's happy. He wins the Pulitzer or whatever. Sure. I don't know. Nobel Peace Prize. Probably the Peace Prize, like a Grammy maybe. (laughs) For his cover of We Are the Champions. Yeah, he does. It has to be something American. Oh, sorry. I feel Um, like... Famous something by the well, Eagles. Oh my gosh, was that song even out at the time? What we are the champions? Yeah. I don't know. It depends on what year it is. What if Probably he like? Not. What if he invented the band Queen? <laughs> and it's tricky. What tricky if, in the plumbers. What if he is Queen? What if he's not. What if he's the Queen? No, that's Freddie Mercury, and he's much more attractive. Honestly, the Queen is Kissinger. Um, seventy one. So there, it's still too. I thought the Beatles or the Eagles oh, were earlier. I thought you were looking up We Are the Champions. I'm like, why did the Philadelphia Eagles <laughs> come up? That's so stupid. No, I typed in the Eagles. I'm almost positive We Are the Champions is in like the 80s or like the late 70s. 77. Yeah. So no, no, no. Yeah, not yet. He, he he wrote it. He would get, he would probably win an award. They're like, that's a really good song. That's great. You've like never sung in your life. <laughs> How are you doing this? Where did you find these people? That's what I would do. That would be the worst part of being a time traveler. Not mm-hmm. the worst part, but that would be stressful for me. Because yeah. I just sing random things all the time. And it's like, I would definitely not remember to sing songs in the right time period. And then you would freak out and say something really suspicious. Like, did that come out yet? Yeah. <laughs> And I'd be like, or I'd say like, I'd be like, yeah, you know, um, and I'd say like blank band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's either a band that exists who doesn't have that song out yet. And mm-hmm. so they're like, what? Or it's like that person is probably like a famous person's child yeah. right now. And mm-hmm. they're like, they're 12. <laughs> what? And I'm like, whoop. <laughs> I have to leave this time now. I can't be here anymore. What are you talking about? Gotta go. So in Nixon's game of global chess. Mm-hmm. Not including his... That's 4D chess. Not including his musical career. Yep. Visiting China is a public relations coup, and he schedules it for 
Optimal Press. Yep. And uh, May 1972, he goes to Moscow as well. Mm-hmm. Preps by watching Bond films. <laughs> to Russia with love. Really? Yeah. It's a thing. He's like, that'll teach me everything I need to know about Russia. <laughs> yep. James Bond. James Bond. Speaking of queens. That's like, uh, I read something the other day about like what movies uh, like presidents watched in the White House. Mm-hmm. And like that apparently Jimmy Carter, I think it was, like loved movies and he watched like the most of anyone ever in the White House. He was just like binging movies all the time. That <laughs> and I'm makes like, sense. Not surprised. Yeah. I would too. I get yeah. it. Yeah. But it's, or it's like, you know, like when Obama would talk about like what TV shows he's watching and people are like, he's watching that in the White House. I'm like, oh my God. And he's like, I love House of Cards. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh. <laughs> Not anymore. So in Russia, arms control deals, they sign those. It's like fine. And actually, in like three or so months, Nixon overturns 25 ish years of Cold War and he's like pretty successful. Wow. Like, Global chess is paying off. Yeah. He wins the 72 election by just a stupid amount. Yeah, I'm sure. Just like stupid numbers. 70 point, or no, 60.7% of the popular vote. Mm. Uh, 49 states. Wow. Scoozy? Holy ball. Who is the one? <laughs> Who is it? Oh, gosh. Who is it? I want to say it's McGovern's home state. It's like Massachusetts or something. Like, McGovern gets one state plus D.C. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Mm-hmm. Massachusetts, you right. Yeah. He's the <laughs> and people from Massachusetts right now are like, hell yeah. <laughs> we told you. And I'm like, you probably weren't alive. <laughs> <laughs> He's you the, didn't vote. The first Republican to sweep the South. I'm like, surprising? I think that's in the conversion era. That's the conversion era? Yeah, I think so. Uh, He receives almost 18 million more votes than McGovern. Wow. And he holds the record still for widest popular vote margin in any U.S. presidential election. I was just going to ask because I was like, that's pretty severe. That's like a lot. Yeah. My dude. Yeah. That's like a lot. Wow. Holy balls. What? Uh, And I have a note in my notes, Uh especially our younger listeners. Really anyone like... 40, younger, mm-hmm. uh, if they're not, like, into 70s-era politics. <laughs> you know. You Knowing know. our listeners, it's possible. Possible. <laughs> like, it's possible you were, like, you know, a child or, like, about to be yeah. born then. Yeah. And you just, like, you know, weren't into politics. Sure. There's, like, a lot I don't know about, you know, the Clinton administration. Very little. Because I was very young. A baby. A baby. <laughs> Uh, But if you're ever feeling isolated or hyperbolic about the state of politics in the modern era, you know, like it's it's never been this much or weird or bad or whatever it's been, Mm -hmm. take a deep breath and know that what you're feeling is completely normal. Yep. And that every generation feels like this. Yes. It's a kind of blindness that everyone gets. Yes. Once they come of age that, like, no one's ever felt this way before. Yeah. Everyone has that feeling, and that's why we have history. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so—it's like your parent holding your hand the first time you go up to the high, scary part of the jungle gym and saying, you can do it. I know you can do it because I did it. Mm-hmm. But you just have to read— the bits. Yes. 
Um, no one's going to talk to you about it except us. Yeah, except for us. Yeah. Because we're the dictators of your history consumption. <laughs> you only get it here. <laughs> There's only us. Nobody else. Which is funny because I was about to wreck a couple of sources <laughs> you can go to. <laughs> nope, just us. <laughs> nope, just only us. Blindly listen to only. us. I was going to say if, <laughs> just like. Just dictator things. <laughs> <laughs> if, if history, like, sounds really boring. Yeah. Especially because it's, like, election stats. What? Which. Is boring even when it's happening to you <laughs> <It's true>. sometimes. <laughs> like, even when you're going out and voting, it's yeah. like, man, does this do anything? Does it matter? <laughs> but I would recommend Fear and Loathing on the Campaign Trail 72, probably my favorite Hunter S. Thompson book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you want an objective piece to go with, a, an incredibly subjective but very <laughs> good piece of journalism. Yeah. Also read The Boys on the Bus, which is the uh, journalists who are going around on a bus covering the election as well. Oh, nice. So it's kind of two different sides of the same thing. Yeah. That's fine. You can wreck yeah. other things as long as they're not podcasts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, like, most of these people are dead, so. Great. It's, like, fine. They won't get anything from it. Yeah, they won't, <laughs> they won't get any royalties. Um, and you're going to read these things and just go, like, oh. Oh. Oh, yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Right. Like, that's, uh, that's what I was saying. We talk about this a lot because there is, like, a strong culture, especially in people our age, and this mm-hmm. is true for, like, all of time, I think, Yeah. of just, like, uh, fatalism, mm-hmm. just like really intense feelings, like it's over, <laughs> yeah, and like we're doomed, mm-hmm. and like it's never going to be good again, mm-hmm. or that, like something was ruined by someone previously, and it's going to be ruined that way for eternity, right? Like they destroyed our country, and blah blah blah, and it's like it's fine to have those feelings, you know, like that's normal, but like uh, they're not very productive for one, yeah, and two. If you, when you read these things, yeah, then it's like, oh, okay, like that's not. It's like that sounds really close to something I've felt. Yeah, and they did okay, right? And like things are better than they were then. Mm-hmm. So so you just keep moving. It's okay, you just keep moving forward. It's fine. It's it's okay. Remember, it's like just every time you think the world is ending, remember the Black Death. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, you have never felt the fear. <laughs> and guess what? We lived. Yeah. Wow. Everyone you know is a survivor of someone <laughs> who survived that. Yeah, probably. And you're stronger for it. You did it. Otherwise, you wouldn't have been, you wouldn't have right. lived. Or like the flu. Mm-hmm. You know. There's a lot of them. Yeah. I specifically mean the 1918 flu. We know. But we know the flu. It's the one. It's the flu. It's the bay. <laughs> We both have our favorite uh, infectious disease pandemics. Yeah. And Alexis's is the flu, and mine is the plague. Yep. I love the flu. Anyway. I'll do an episode about the flu Sunday. That's fun. I think you should. And I should do one on the Black Death. Uh, Yeah, of course. At some point. Classic. It's just that they're so... What month is, like, National Disease Month? Do it then. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Infectious disease. Whenever the anti-vaxxers, like, get really uppity again. (laughs) Time for the Black Death. (laughs) Uh yikes. Anyway, so Nixon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, after the election, the rift that has been kind of been opening between him and Kissinger mm-hmm. continues to expand. Mm. And it's been opening because he's very prideful. And he— Nixon? Yeah. Okay. 
And Kissinger keeps taking the credit for the things that he's doing. <laughs> and he's taking the credit, and Nixon doesn't like that, and he doesn't trust him. This is, like, such a baby <laughs> it's, thing to do. Listen, like— He's so infantile. Pres- presidents are people, and they have fatal flaws that people have. Yeah. He's he's prideful, and he's angry, and he's, like, a baby. But and it's like, when— it's such a stupid thing because, like, you're the president, mm-hmm. so everything is going to get contributed to you, yeah. good or bad, forever, mm-hmm. no matter what. Right. In 20 years, who Kissinger who? Nobody cares. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, if like you ask the average person on the street if they know who Nixon is, they're going to say yes. Mm-hmm. If you ask them who Henry Kissinger is, iffy. Yeah, it's co- coin flip. Yeah. But also, whatever you're mad that he's bragging about, they probably don't know about that because you're scandal. Yeah. So they <laughs> definitely don't know about what he did. Gosh, that had to kill him inside. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't actually kill him, which feels like a punishment. Yeah. But that had to, like, a- anything he did is erased. Yeah. Completely. That's why, like, listen, I went to, uh, like, a bookstore trying to get, look, do you just have, like, a Nixon biography? General Nixon. And no, they're all Watergate Of books. course. They're all Watergate. I'm like, look, I just want something. I want to learn more about, like, his nasty life. Yeah. Because Watergate is not the worst thing he did. And it's not the whole of it. And it's not the whole of it. But now it's drowning Everything else out. I, I strongly considered making a drinking game or some kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like every time we say the word, yeah, you have to do the thing. You have to. I don't know what the thing is that you decide personally you have to do. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you do a crunch or a pull-up. Ew. Maybe you take a shot. Sure. Maybe you, I don't know. Call your mom. Call your mom. <laughs> She's going to be so mad at you. Every time we say the word. You know the word. But Wink. I didn't because at some point you have to say it a lot. You do. Yeah. You just have to do it. So get ready. But the point of him, like, spiraling even more into pettiness and paranoia is that this is when he, like, starts taping everything. Yeah. Like his phones, his rooms. It's like... It's outright he's just drinking all the time. It's bad. Besides the fact that he's, like, not handsome, Mm -hmm. he's given real Byronic hero vibes here. Oh, yeah. Just, like, he's got the fatal flaw, Mm -hmm. and then it is destroying him by his own actions. Like, willing to do anything, just, like, full of, like, really strong emotions yeah. and just, like, bringing himself down. But then, like, the reverse of gives him so much paranoia mm-hmm. that then he becomes his own worst enemy and destroys himself. Yeah. And he feels more secure yeah. by taping everything. He sure. thinks that's his Band-Aid. It's stupid. And, with and he, really, it's his knife. He has the second term in front of him. Yep. And, like, the world is his oyster. He's going to get that Grammy. <laughs> There's just for we are the champions. There's just one tiny problem. Uh oh. There's this. Ah, it's you know it's probably nothing. Mm-hmm. This small, ah, this little trial in a Washington court. It's like page thirteen. Whatever. Something new. Some guys broke into like this complex or something. That's like where the DNC, the Democratic National yeah. Committee, was headquarters, and yep. they were like trying to bug it or something. Oh, whatever. Like whatever. No it's, big deal. Like you know, not really that important. Definitely doesn't matter. 
But, like, one of the guys is a former CIA employee, uh-huh. and he's a security man for, like, someone on Nixon's committee to reelect the president, oh. the CRP. Yeah. Sometimes known as creep. <laughs> so, uh, creep. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and Nixon is very disapproving. Oh, yeah. So, some people just, they get so into elections and they do bad things. Yeah, like why would anyone want to do that? But you Definitely know, Definitely not me. What's even worse is trying to cover it up. Yeah. That's something he said. I wasn't involved. Yeah, dick. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You think? Mm. Watergate is the pre-internet version of trying to hack the Democrats' emails. Yes. And it came to the public and Congress's attention primarily through the efforts of a few really hardworking journalists, uh, Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein. Journalists are such heroes. It's more interesting as like a detective journalist story than as like a story about Nixon. Mm -hmm. Nixon is like, whatever. It's more interesting if you focus on them. So Watergate is like... A journalist story. Well, I should say really? journalists are either heroes or pure evil. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> it. They're like politicians in that way. It's true. But it goes all the way up and all the way in. Deep Throat uh, is the secret informant. Mm-hmm. He turns out to be Mark Felt, FBI associate director. Oh, hi. The second in command of the FBI is the person who is feeding them information wow. about the White House and what Nixon Scandals. is doing. And the... The reporters, Whistleblower, what's up? Like, hold that secret with them uh, forever, basically. Yeah, like, I was gonna say they they don't come out and say anything. I think it's finally uh, when Felt is like in his nineties, yeah, and like he kind of has dementia. He finally tells his daughter, uh, who comes out with it, and they um, finally evidence. They they say yes, that is him. that is that's that was true. Uh, but they they do keep their their silence, right? Because I wasn't I I didn't remember if we knew who he was or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very recently. Yeah, I feel like. Mm-hmm. But yeah, FBI associate director mm, was Deep Throat. Yeah, if you haven't like been keeping up on the updates on the Watergate scandal, <laughs> which is the best too, because it's like whenever someone's anonymous. People are always like, well, is it fake? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, well, it's probably nobody. Like somebody who just wants attention right, or, or something. Or like it's multiple people or it's like an aide or it's like who. Yeah. yeah like who. Whatever. What? Yeah. And then it's freaking FBI man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like in charge of the FBI. It's, it's like, it's really bad. Essentially the FBI. Yeah. But he's like, it's not good, fam. It's mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. Uh, and I don't know what to do. Your administration's terrible. Nah. It's very bad. Your own, like, information community wants you out. Bye. At least they didn't shoot you. Yeah. This time. I'm like, JFK. It was the FBI. We <laughs> just accuse everyone of shooting JFK. <laughs> and then you'll always be right. You know? Because it's got to be somebody. Really, we held the gun. <laughs> yeah, all of us. Really, America shot JFK. <laughs> America. <laughs> Texas. Really, Texas. Really, it was Texas. <laughs> really, Dallas did it. Texas is like, come on, man. <laughs> Please. 
please stop. Don't do this. <laughs> like down to the city. It was yeah, you. It was you. Down to the street. Yeah, we get the block. It's this block, it really. Was, this block. If you live on this block, you kill JFK. You, you basically kill JFK. <laughs> And we owe you our gra- our thanks. Gratitude. <laughs> um, it's weird because, like, I, this is a tangent, obviously. Yeah. But it's weird like, that, like, Martin Luther King mm-hmm. is like, ooh, bad. Yeah. And ooh, with JFK. Uh, ooh, bad. Ooh, bad. And then with JFK, it's like, mm, well, that. I don't It's mm, bad. I mean, I'm not happy someone murdered him. Not. It's not like. Good. We don't no. sanction it. But then it becomes Johnson, so then it is bad. Then it is bad. Yeah. Also, like, stop, like, having sex with people, JFK. Stop cheating on your super hot, amazing wife. Stop being, like, such a creep. Have you seen her? She's incredible. She's, like, a hot babe. And then she became, like, and then she, like, married What's-His-Face and became, like, super rich even more and amazing. She's great. Yeah. We stand. Mm-hmm. If so, she killed him, I'm okay. Yeah, that's I'm, fair. I'm fine with it. I get it. You know, she had dibs. He's kind of scum, to, <laughs> she, especially to you. If anyone was had she first had dibs, <laughs> if, any, if anyone had first rights on killing him, it was her. <laughs> Definitely. It's always the wife. It's, it's always, always a spouse. spouse. It's always a spouse. Yeah, we know that. Everybody knows. And that was our. Even if you're president. <laughs> even if you're president. Yes, it's true. It's always your wife. It's true. We think uh-huh. it was someone else, but really. Mary Todd is in the box <laughs> and she first. Holds his hand. Or sorry, she won't hold his hand. I forgot. That's not nice. That's too She's soon. She's like, I don't want to hold the hand of a dead corpse in a minute. So that's, that's okay, too, sweetie. That's mean. Let's talk about Nixon. <laughs> Let's talk Mary about Todd Lincoln. <laughs> Let's talk about Nixon. Okay. Uh so we we think at least that Nixon didn't know in advance about the break-in. Like okay. he's in general, like telling his lackeys and his aides to go out and do this stuff for him. But it doesn't sound like he okay. was specifically like, you need to go to the Watergate complex and you need to break in and you need to bug these like yeah. you know, he on this date. Yeah. Uh Speci- it was, it's a suggestion of like, hey, could you do this for me? Like, and then maybe right. I'll do something for you. Like, we need information. And they yeah. took it the rest of the way. I see. More like one of those. It's always best to be loosey-goosey about your schemes. Yeah, certainly. Because then. Certainly under his blessing. You've got some deniability. And uh, his aides took care of the rest. His reaction seems to be like, you a-holes did what? Mm. And you got caught? Mm. Really? Really? Come on. Come on. Uh, he he orders uh, the FBI to stop looking into it <laughs> like immediately. He tries <laughs> to cover it up in every way possible, but Congress eventually starts looking into it. Yeah. The press follows up on every lead, and Nixon just unravels. Right. Like, you well, thought I mean, he was loose before. <laughs> I. But it's like— it does suck a little bit for him because it's like just the domino effect. Yeah, it's like yeah, now you're doomed. You set him up yourself, Dick. Yep. What do you do think was gonna happen? And then just precariously pounded on the table. <laughs> he can't. He can't weasel out of it this time. Though nope. he does struggle for like 15 months, avoiding dodging, firing everyone in sight. Uh, There's one tiny problem. Oh. Which is he's been recording everything. Yeah. Himself. Yeah. 
All his phone calls, yeah. all his meetings, and he he's created his own wealth of evidence. Yep. And they know about it. It's no surprise to me. I am my own worst enemy. <laughs> Congress is trying to subpoena the tapes. Yeah. They're interviewing everyone. It's the slow grinding wheel of democracy, <laughs> crushing him bone by bone. <laughs> Deliciously. I just imagine like one of those wheels that like grinds up flour, yep. you know, to like make it into mm-hmm. like powder. Yes. But just rolling it on his yes. body and he's like, oof, oof. No. Facing impeachment, he resigns in 74. Bye. With an emotional rambling speech. I am not a crook. You clearly are. So. And he peters off into history, just screaming the whole way. It's like a, there's that joke in Breaking Bad where it's like you don't need a criminal lawyer, you need a criminal lawyer. Yes. Like, <laughs> you don't need a criminal president, you need a criminal president. You need a criminal president. Mm-hmm. I want to listen. You know that meme where people are like find you someone who will look at you like X looks at X. Yes. I I gotta find me someone who like writes about me with the same passion that Hunter S. Thompson writes about Nixon. <laughs> yeah. Like in any direction, honestly. Because yeah. he's going from the point of hatred, but like you care so much. Right. Just in general. Right. Like that's the uh I can't imagine the depth of emotion in this man, which is probably why he killed himself. Yeah. There's just like a lot of emotion in you. It's like that quote, like the opposite of love isn't hate, it's indifference. Mm-hmm. It's like you just don't care. Yeah. But Hunter S. Thompson wrote a eulogy of sorts for Nixon mm-hmm. when he died, which was in 1994, 93, something. I was a baby. Uh, but it's it's got to be one of the best eulogies, like, I've ever read. Yeah. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, just some, like, really choice bits. Okay. Because it kind of fills the gap between the end of Watergate and his death in, like, really good ways. I have to say real quick, I just like I just actually realized that Nixon and I were alive at the same time. And yeah, that makes me really uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. I don't know why. I, and I was like two. It's like I don't right. And I would have like, been like four when yeah. he died. Yeah, but I'm still uncomfortable about it. Why yeah. does he live so long? <laughs> he lives like a long time. It's crazy. Huh? That hatred, I don't know. Just keeps you going keeps forever. You going. He denied being involved in the. Uh, like wrecking the peace talks till he died, by the way. Whatever. Like that. He never admitted to that. Guess what? It's all going to come out. It come out. The two Ruth come out. <laughs> the two Ruth. The two Ruth. <laughs> come out. Come out. What? <laughs> come out. You is evil. <laughs> you woo is evil. <laughs> okay, we're killing them. <laughs> Sorry. Richard Nixon is gone now, and I am poorer for it. Like, this is going to be me just, like, loving his right. Yeah. He was the real thing, a political monster straight out of Grendel and a very dangerous enemy. He could shake your hand and stab you in the back at the same time. He lied to his friends and betrayed the trust of his family. Not even Gerald Ford, the unhappy ex-president who pardoned Nixon and kept him out of prison, was immune to the evil fallout. Ford, who believes strongly in heaven and hell, has told more than one of his celebrity golf partners that I know I will go to hell because I pardoned Richard Nixon. 
I've had my own bloody relationship with Nixon for many years, but I am not worried about it landing me in hell with him. I've already been there with that bastard, and I am a better person for it. Nixon had the unique ability to make his enemies seem honorable, and we developed a keen sense of fraternity. Some of my best friends have hated Nixon all their lives. My mother hates Nixon. My son hates Nixon. I hate Nixon. And this hatred has brought us together. (laughs) Such a uniting force. (laughs) Nixon laughed when I told him this. Don't worry, he said. I, too, am a family man. (laughs) I, too, hate myself, is what I thought you were going (laughs) to (laughs) say. And we feel the same way about you. Hey. Hey. Uh, It was Richard Nixon who got me into politics, and now that he's gone, I feel lonely. He was a giant in his way. As long as Nixon was politically alive, and he was all the way to the end, we could always be sure of finding the enemy on the low road. There was no need to look anywhere else for the evil bastard. He had the fighting instincts of a badger trapped by hounds. Mm. The badger will roll over on its back and emit a smell of death, which confuses the dogs and lures them in for the traditional ripping and tearing action. But it is usually the badger who does the ripping and tearing. (laughs) It is a beast that fights best on its back, rolling under the throat of its enemy and seizing it by the head with all four claws. That was Nixon's style. If you forgot, he would kill you as a lesson to the others. Oh, Badgers don't fight fair, Bubba. That's why God made dachshunds. Badger don't care. <laughs> Honey, badger don't care. Also, he's like saying Nixon's a Hufflepuff, and I don't agree. <laughs> he's a nasty man. He's Slytherin to the core. Some people say the words like scum and rotten are wrong for objective journalism, which is true. But they miss the point. It was the built-in blind spots of the objective rules and dogma that allowed Nixon to slither into the White House in the first place. Speaking of slithering, too. (laughs) He know. He looked so good on paper that you could almost vote for him on sight. He seemed so all-American that he was able to slip through the cracks of objective journalism. You had to get subjective to see Nixon clearly, and the shock of recognition was almost painful. They were all scum, but only Nixon walked free and lived to clear his name. Or at least that's what Bill Clinton says. And he is, after all, the president of the United States. Everybody knows. Nixon liked to remind people of that. He believed it, and that was why he went down. He was not only a crook, but a fool. Two years after he quit, he told a TV journalist that if the president does it, it can't be illegal. (laughs) He has poisoned our water forever. Nixon will be Forever. remembered as a classic case of a smart man uh, shooting in his own nest mm. uh, by disgracing and degrading the presidency of the United States by fleeing the White House like a diseased cur. Richard Nixon broke the heart to the American dream. Oh, I didn't know it was still alive. <laughs> Who? The American dream. Oh, yeah, I think so. No, I mean, at that point. Oh, in 94? Yeah, I thought it was dead already. 94. I think so. The Great Gatsby about how it dies. <laughs> 94. I mean, it's it's like every generation has its own American dream, you it's know? True. It's like Shakespeare. Yeah. But there's a couple things I want to talk about with Nixon, kind of side Nixon. Sure. And one of them is Elvis and Nixon. Yeah. And the other one is Martha Mitchell. Okay. Have you, have you heard of her? No. Oh, good. I, I feel like I've heard the name, but I don't know anything about it. Uh, so, meeting Elvis. 
1970. This is another one where it's like, <laughs> what? Why? Nixon and Elvis don't exist in the same no. worlds in my brain. They don't. They don't. They can't. They don't exist in the same, like, not even just, like, time period. Because, like, if I think about time period, it's like, they do exist in the same time period. But, like, they don't exist in the same plane of existence right. in what I think about They're in my brain. They're parallel. They, like, mathematically can never touch. Yes. The lines will never intersect. <laughs> yeah. Mathematically. Yeah. And yet they did. They no. touched their skin together. No. Alexis. I there's, hate it. There's evidence of it. It's in the broken. National Archive. My brain is broken. <laughs> it's terrible. So in 1970, Elvis is not at his height. No. It's a bit over. He He's not... At his ideal weight, either. Yeah. Ooh. He fat now. He is. It's okay, buddy. We're not shaming you. He is wasted on all sorts of, like, the 70s, like, best drugs. Yeah, we will shame you for doing illegal drugs. We yeah. will not shame you for being fat. No, like, um, <laughs> both of these episodes, the Martha and Elvis, are uh, drunk history mm-hmm. things. The Martha one is, like peak drunk history and in oh. my mind it's like one of the best ones I've ever done yeah. just in general. Nice. The uh, Elvis one isn't one of my favorites but it does have the gold star of having Jack Black star as ah, Elvis. Nice. So like that's beautiful. Hey babe. What's up? Love you. We love you. Love you babe. Love you and I still know what you did last summer. Yeah. <laughs> Your best role ever. <laughs> so Jack Black Kind of like hot bod in purple velour cape suits. Yeah. But like high on speed. Great. The whole time. He always seems that way anyway. Yeah. I don't know like what else he was into. Uh, No, that's not true. Elvis was really into martial arts, uh, (laughs) guns, and law enforcement for some reason. Law enforcement agencies. Uh, on, like honorary badges, that kind of thing. This is so nerdy. It's it's a lot. The common thread, obviously, is a lot of drugs. Yeah, drugs is the theme. His Everest, his Pulitzer, his Olympic gold medal mm-hmm. was a Federal Narcotics Bureau badge, the predecessor to the DEA. Okay, uh, and Priscilla, his uh, like wife, writes about this in her book. I think this is. It's all the logic of a druggie. Yeah. Like, this is a mind on drugs thinking this through. It's like it's like Pokemon drug logic. <laughs> if Elvis can get the narc badge, he can finally use Fly to go anywhere he wants with all of his drugs. And no one can stop him. No. Isn't That's Elvis logic 1970. No. <laughs> He's like, if I can just... Get my like uh, my pillowcase full of like Halloween treat sized like speed and cocaine and whatever, and just get on a plane and whatever. You know, it's fine. I'm a I'm a licensed narcotics agent. This is how you know it's gone too far. <laughs> it's too far. It's also, way like, too far. How hard is it for him to move the drugs right now? Like yeah. it's the seventies. <laughs> like your and El- your Elvis and your Elvis. Are you really having a problem with it? Like, is there even a TSA? Right. What? Like, people uh, are not checking your bags for airplanes. No. Elvis. No. 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 Uh, it's weird. But anyway, that's his dream. Okay. That's his dream. He, oh. just, he just wants to be able to <laughs> flaunt it. Yeah, he wants to flaunt it. Gosh. 
Uh, you already have so much, Elvis, <laughs> and then you need this. And he needs it. He needs it. So he— uh, Also, like, I know Elvis is a drug addict, but, like, thinking about it is weird. Yeah, like, he's a he's full-on junkie. Because, like, it's—like, the music is seen as so wholesome in mm-hmm. our, like, current era, you yeah. know? Like, his music is, like, cutesy. Yeah. And, like, at the time, it was, like, really sexual and edgy. Yeah, and, like, but not now. Not now. It's now. lost all its fervor. Now it's, like, put in Lilo and Stitch movies. Yeah. It's, like, a Disney staple. Right. What? And then he's a drug addict. <laughs> but I, I guess, like, so is Elton John. But, like, he cleaned up his act. Yeah, he did. Good for you. So, yeah. You're good, a good boy. Good for you. We love you. Uh, but Elton John, friend of the pod. <laughs> so it goes, it goes, like, around, like, the holidays, his... His family's, like, bullying him about his outrageous spending. Yeah. So he just, like, gets on a plane to anywhere, and it happens to be D.C. And he's apparently doing a lot of thinking on this trip because he flies back to L.A. Mm-hmm. He flies to L.A. He picks up his assistant, and then he flies back to D.C. And on the trip, he is writing a letter to Nixon. Oh. It's like, hey, Nixon, can I get a badge? Or can I, like, meet you? It's <laughs> weird. Could that, like, be cool? And they land in D.C., and they just drop the letter off at the gate of the White House. Because <laughs> that's just, like, what they do. They don't have a mailbox. Right. And, like, I'm laughing specifically because that's what What's-His-Face did. Who Gateau. That's what Gateau did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is. Because he tried to get a job. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, what year is it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that you're just like, can you get it to the president? 1970. <laughs> that kept going until then. It's bad. So Elvis gets antsy. He won't stay in his hotel. So and he hasn't slept either. He's likely oh, no. likely very high, right. I assume. Can't sleep. So he decides to just visit the narc bureau mm. and just like poke around, see what's up, meet some people, like ask about badges. Can you imagine if you're just like at your narcotics job, like chilling in DC and then Elvis just comes in the door? It's Elvis is literally in the building. Scoozy? Why are you, why are you here? What? And he's like, hey, look at all my guns. Look at all my badges. It's like if you're just like at work and the FBI and then like Beyonce just walks in and she's like, hey. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. what? Why are you doing here? This is happening. I'm very confused. It's probably more like if Britney Spears came in. Because uh, it's more like washed up at that point. Yeah, a little, yeah, a little like not at your heyday. Yeah, or like J-Lo or something. Yeah, J-Lo. I'm like a J-Lo. We're not saying they're washed up in, in the way that we're insulting them. Listen. You're, you're beautiful women doing great work. At this point, Elvis is no Beyonce. That's true. This is more like protecting Beyonce. Yeah. It's like, listen. We just, yeah. Listen. But also, those ladies are <laughs> lovely, too. They're lovely. They're not like weird junkies who are, nope. like, going into weird bureaus or anything. They seem pretty That's, okay. <laughs> they seem fine. Uh, so they they get to D.C. in the morning, like, 6 a.m. By, like, within five hours, they're being invited to the Oval Office. I mean, yeah, it's Elvis. <laughs> Hello? I guess, but also, it's the president. Really? He didn't have anything to do? Not Nixon. I guess. Uh, but Also, he seems like... <laughs> I don't know if this is the point when he, like, wants to die, but it's, like, he seems to be welcoming no, people just near him. No, this is 70, so it's before the, his reelection. Okay. Even. Okay. Uh, so he's still, like, you know, the Nixon version of the straight and narrow-ish. Yeah. Mm. 
But he But let's party with Elvis. The guards at the front are like, so Elvis like gave us this letter. <laughs> do we he wants to like come in? And the staff were like, Yeah, we should do this. Yeah. Because Nixon is the least cool person. Right. This will give him cred. And with the kids Elvis, or the middle age. Yeah, is like slightly more cool. Yeah. So it is a net gain yes. for Nixon. Give us cred with the middle, mediums. Net coolness gain for the Nixon administration. Yeah. So at noon, Elvis shows up and he, ha- he has a gift. He brings a gift. He's a very nice guest. It's a Colt 45 <laughs> gun that okay. he took. He just took off his wall from home. Okay. I thought it was going to be actual drugs. No, no, it's a gun. No, it's filled with It's a nice things. gun. It's a nice gun from Elvis's personal collection. Sure. What a weird sentence. <laughs> and, of course, the Secret Service is like, oh, it's very nice. We'll just take that. Yeah, thank you. Away from you. Take yep. that. We'll, we'll keep that. Nobody here needs a gun Nobody besides here us. needs that. Uh, people in the room say Elvis is awestruck when he gets there, and he seems very— He's all shook up. <sighs> yeah, very shook up. Very shook up. <laughs> yeah. Very in awe, just like, oh, wow, big office. Oh. Probably still very high. Yeah, he's just like seeing all sorts he's, of weird images on the walls. He's Whoa. tripping his ass off <laughs> in the Oval Office. And he, but he actually has a discussion with Nixon. They're yeah. talking about like the perils of counterculture and like <laughs> drugs and like hippies, you like, know, those hippies. All these young people. Ew. <laughs> Which is like so great because like you are the biggest drug addict I like know. of them all. Are you You're kidding? such a hypocrite. Hugely illegal amounts of prescription drugs because Elvis is only anti-street drugs. In oh, his sure. mind, they're completely different things. Nope. He only abuses prescription drugs. So it's the same. It's, so it's legal. Nope. But a Apparently, he was so anti-street drugs, it got to, like, him wanting to go out onto the streets of Nashville and be, like, a vigilante justice uh, velvet Batman. Yeah. Just, like, drugged up. Like, I'm glad you didn't. As weird and hilarious as that would be as long as you didn't, like, murder anyone. And, uh... And he he's like showing off his badges to Nixon. Mm-hmm. Look at all my badges. Hey, like, you like that? I'm so cool. And just like straight out asks, "Hey, can I have a narc badge? <laughs> can I? I can't even. Can I have a federal narcotics bureau badge? Just like white men, like <laughs> just like what do you what? Could I be just like a, an officer? Why you like this? Federal officer of narcotics. And Nixon's like, uh, I don't. No, can we do that? Uh, can we do I'm that? I'm pretty sure you have to have, like, a job and stuff. <laughs> and the aides in the room are like, well, you have literally no qualifications at all mm-hmm. that uh, exist in this universe, but we'll see what we can do. And by lunchtime, Elvis has a badge. No. And is, <laughs> like... Basically, a narcotics officer would they do this? of the law, and they take a photo. They take no. lots of photos. Elvis wanted to keep it kind of hush a bit. Sure, I don't think Nixon like has any idea even what's happening. Yeah, it's all happening so fast. He's like, I just came in like for lunch, and there's Elvis is in my house. So confusing. Uh, in '88, the photo resurfaces. The Chicago newspaper does like a piece on it. Sure. And it becomes the most requested photo at the U.S. National Archives. Oh, nice. 
Like, forever, basically. <laughs> Nixon, while posing for the photos, like, being president is weird. <laughs> like, I don't understand it. I really hate this job sometimes. But I'm, today I'm just mostly confused. <laughs> I wish I was bombing another country. <laughs> uh, yikes. Yeah. So, Martha. Yeah. Martha Mitchell in the... Uh, Martha, Martha, Martha. It's great. Early 70s. Uh-huh. But around the re-election, Martha is just the hottest, cute little gossip girl around D.C. Okay. And, I mean, just around everywhere. I I don't know if that's, like, where they're from. Sure. But her husband is John Mitchell, head of Creep. Ah. Oh, wow. The Committee to Re-Elect the President, CRP. CRP. Mm -hmm. And so she knows all the best dirt because her husband works for Dick. Yeah. And she has, she likes to, like, get on the phone and, like, talk to people. And she has, like, favorite reporters that she'll go to with, like, little <laughs> scoops. I see. She's like, yo, I got scoops. I got scoops here. Hot scoops. Fresh favorite off. Favorite reporters. Uh, yeah, her bestie reporter is Helen Thomas. Okay. So they're at a fundraiser in Beverly Hills or something, her and her husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, when John gets a phone call, and it's the phone call that's basically... Uh-oh, Watergate. <laughs> My favorite phone call. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We just pooped. Rut-row, Watergate. <laughs> Rut-row. We pooped the bed really hard. Rutter, right? Uh, DEFCON 7 million. Please get back here. Yep. So he's like, whoop, gotta go. <laughs> John issues a statement the next morning. It's like, we didn't do anything. We're not involved. Of course we did it. But one of the guys worked for the CRP. Uh, and he was also Martha's security guard. Uh, and he's like, if Martha finds out, she is going to lose her mind and tell everyone yeah. this. And it's going to What happened be... to the plumbers? And it's like, what? I know they're bad. Martha's the biggest leak <laughs> there is. Martha, the biggest leak. You need to take care of the leak. <laughs> so... Uh, she's going to just gab to everyone. Yeah. So he takes her to a hotel. He's like, honey, just enjoy the sunshine in L.A. It's going to be great. Sit here and don't <laughs> do anything. Don't watch TV. Don't. Just don't talk to anyone. Sit in this room. I bought you this book about daisies. Just <laughs> sit here and read it. I'm going to have a fun D.C. trip. You, I expect a report about daisies when I get home. <laughs> I want a full report like, essay. Should we plant them at the house? Daisies yes or no? Or no. <laughs> you tell me. Daisy? And if no, alternatives. <laughs> no, rosebud. Mm, violet? Was always rose. <laughs> but he, John's no fool. He knows his wife doesn't like to read books about daisies. <laughs> yep. Uh, so he's also alerted his security team, specifically Steve King. Specifically Steve. Specifically Steve. Uh, and he's like, don't let her read anything. No newspapers, no TV. Don't. Even, don't do it. She's going to, we can't. She's the leak. She's the leak. He should have given her fake useless gossip. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Or like real useless gossip. Yeah, just like something juicy just but for not, her to chew on, not important. talk about. Yeah. And then whatever. But I mean, somebody would ask her about it if she right. called someone. Like if she calls her reporter friends, they're going to be like, but what about Watergate? But what about? And she's going to be like, what? But what about 
And then they're going to be like, have you watched the news? And she's like, I can't. The TV's broken. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> My bodyguard broke it for some reason. <laughs> put out the window. My bodyguard just put his foot right through the television. He said he w- it was an accident. <laughs> Every single he one tripped. in the hotel. It's weird. <laughs> uh, and all the papers are gone. I don't know. But I guess there's a newspaper strike. A strike through all of And LA. she's like, I work for the newspaper. There is not a strike. Yeah, well, there's not a strike in D.C., idiot. Ugh, stupid Helen. You're so dumb. Ellen, I Helen. love you, but you're stupid. Helen, I love you, but you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Martha does find out. Ugh. Like, immediately picks up the near, <laughs> like, and picks up the nearest papers. Like, oh, Her bodyguard <laughs> is horrible. <laughs> He's really bad. Like, what is this? <laughs> He's really bad. It's Your only job. Comedy of terrible errors. Sad. She learns about Watergate immediately. She's like, that's my dude. This is the best thing I've ever heard in my life. Calls Helen Thomas. Of course she does. At once. Her girlfriend. Spill the beans. Her bae. Steve goes and rips the phone card, <laughs> the phone cord right out of the wall. I told you. Yeah. He's going to break the TVs. But, like, Helen Thomas hears, like, she's talking to her as it happens and the phone line goes dead. Oh. It's like, oh, crap. Spooky. Oh, no. Go to the, Go. Send someone. Go. Martha is, she's basically a captive. Uh-huh. Like, she's being held hostage. She tries to escape out a window. Like, it's metal as hell. She tries to escape out a window. She's shimmying along the ledge like an action movie. Oh, my gosh. Like it's stuff. amazing. But Steve King captures her. They get a doctor to sedate her. They're like, drug her. Whoa. For like a week. Whoa. So she can't tell anyone. Holy crap. Listen, it's the presidency. That's so much. You can't have a woman go out and ruin it. So much. Because she's going to gab like oh. women do. Mm-hmm. But, uh... gossip fiends. <laughs> she can't. But by that time, you know, people have made statements, and it's pretty much settled. Yeah-ish. So it doesn't matter. They get a doctor sedator. They they can't hold her for like a month. It's gotten out of hand. So they yeah. release her finally. She gets back to the East Coast. And like, what do you say? Like, I, I'm being held prisoner by the GOP? Right. What do you, what? I mean, she tries. Yeah. She tries. I mean, you, first you kill your husband. Yeah. Her, and her husband's like, she's hysterical. She's crazy. Yeah, kill him. She's crazy. Do it. And, um... <laughs> like, listen, we uh, deep throat, like, broke Watergate, mm-hmm. but it was Martha. Yes. It was Martha. Queen. Because she does end up calling Helen. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is real. Yeah. This is all real. Yeah. And Helen writes, like, a little thing on it, but, you know, it's women's news, so no one cares. Whatever. Except for Nixon. Mm-hmm. Nixon cares. And he sees it's Martha. He's like, it's it's your flippin' wife. Uh-huh. What are you doing? Uh-huh. What are you doing? I love her. He calls John Mitchell, and basically there's years of gaslighting and buying off psychiatrists to, like, call her crazy. Mm. And burying her testimony, which is, uh, I don't know if you've heard of it. This is how we got the name for... The Martha Mitchell effect, Mm -hmm. which is when a mental health professional diagnoses a patient's accurate perception of reality and calls them delusional. Oh, that's nice. So they, like— Gaslight them. Hmm. And, like, I don't know if for it to be labeled that, it needs to be, 
like the mental health professional needs to be aware that yeah. they're doing it. It sounds or, like probably. Or if it's just um, they honestly misdiagnose. Right. And they're like, mm, that sounds fake. You're delusional. Yeah. And it's like, no, that really happened. No, that was real. But it's terrible. It's all, like, just very bad. And she's, like, a pariah for, you know, a while until Mm -hmm. Woodward and Bernstein, like, really, really get the news out there. And trials start and Congress gets their hands on it. Till the truth come out. And all the aides go to prison and Martha is redeemed. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, it's really nice. She uh, dies in, I want to say, like, the 80s. But at her funeral, they make this huge display out of white flowers, this floral arrangement. This spells out, Martha was right. That's beautiful. And it's so cool. And she's great. I love it. And that's like Nixon. He's gross. Yeah. I told you. This just reminds (laughs) me. I told you about, I was listening to a podcast about uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Mm -hmm. And like my favorite thing about it is related to this, is that, uh, like, the people who take him down yeah. are two female journalists yeah. and then, like, his victims. Mm-hmm. And it's all women. And I'm like, that's lovely. It's great. <laughs> like, just destroy him. And I'm like, and I yep. love that this has that, too, of her being, like, and not even, like, I, I love that in a way with her it's not even, like, heroism. Like, you mm-hmm. know, it's like she just wants to talk about it. It's just the truth. Yeah, she just wants to tell the truth. And then, like, is getting squashed for it so much. And, like, and that happens with Jeffrey Epstein victims, too. Mm-hmm. Like, that they're like, well, they're lying. Blah. You know. And then it's like, no. No. They're not. Yeah. If it was ever not enough that, you know, Nixon's decisions led to the deaths of millions. Yeah. Or any of the other terrible things he did or whatever. Think of Martha. Mm-hmm. Right, and then it's just like Martha did not enjoy the Nixon administration. No, and like the intensity they're trying to control her is like so gross and Yikes. weird, and just like, and it doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. Like it's still everybody finds out anyway. Yeah, so it's like great, great, no point. Yeah, yeah, and people, ah, people were still for a long time like Nixon's a good guy. He was doing okay. No, listen, no. Listen, this is not good, friend. Also, there's a difference between being a good guy and being like a good leader, mm-hmm. and he's neither of them. <laughs> he doesn't, nope, neither. No. No. It's a bad time, so. Bad time, friend. We have plenty of presidents who are good guys and bad leaders, who are good guys and good leaders, and who are bad guys and good leaders. But Nixon's bad on both. Nixon was. Uh, like, scary good politician. Mm-hmm. He was a pretty good schemer. And we ruined him. <laughs> and it's over. And he ruined us, so it's mutual. Yay! <laughs> it's like a great unhealthy relationship. The Everyone's <laughs> broken. The end. The bid century. Mm. How fun. Yay! <laughs> well, that was the extended long... End of uh, spooky Halloween month. Yes. Sorry that these were cut, uh, because these are going to not be 
next to each other mm-hmm. because my episode happens to correspond with the date that it's supposed to go up on. Yes. So these are going to have a week in between. Mm-hmm. So sorry, because normally we do a part one and part two back to back. Yeah. But because of that, and I'll probably say this in my episode too, mm-hmm. but because of that, we couldn't do it. Yeah. So you'll know why. You'll get it. You'll look at the date and you'll be like, yeah, I get it. Oh, everything makes sense. It'd be weird if you didn't. Yeah, it kind of ruins it. (laughs) There's a reason we did it this way. I would probably hate you if you didn't. (laughs) But anyway, we hope you enjoyed this episode, learning more about the Nixon. About the Nicks. um, About the tricky dicks. And I appreciate it because I told you that I've been having a lot of conversations with people who think that our current administration is the most corrupt and most evil of all time. And um, I just can't believe that's true. And it's funny how often those conversations get down to like, well, let's define corruption. Yes. What do we think of the word corruption? And uh, I think about Nixon. And um, this only makes me feel like I'm right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so so far, so now if there's, you, there's if, still time. It's true, but if you guys get into these arguments now about who's the most corrupt, current or otherwise, now you got Nixon to talk about. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of good facts for you. <laughs> yeah. Streamline of an argument. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and there's always Jackson there's always to bring up. Jackson. Just remind people. And if you're ever feeling alone in the world, bring up Jackson. <laughs> Just not three times in a row, otherwise you'll summon his spirit and he'll kill you. Yeah, probably. He'll or hit you with his cane. The nearest English person or Native American. Yes. <laughs> Don't do it. Anyway, thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed Nixon time and that it was funny <laughs> in there somehow. Ha, isn't it great to be alive now and not some other time? All other times are gross and bad. <laughs> and someone someone is going to look back on now and be like, glad I wasn't there. Yep. Ooh, that's bad and not fun. That's just the turning of the wheel. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> Uh, but we want to say special uh, thank you to our patrons at Patreon. Kathleen, Kaylin, Ashley, Lorena, Josh, Gami, Sadie, Natalie, Natalia, Daniel, Michael, and Julia. 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 And if you become a patron, we'll sing your name at the end because you'll be the new. You'll be the new last. The new last. Yeah. But we love all of you. Yes. You're all lovely. We appreciate your contributions. And everybody else, we appreciate you listening. Thank you for wanting to hear us talk about this. <laughs> That's nice. About this. About anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.